Today as I share my homily with you for the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, this is the only time that I will be delivering this homily. I live in Tamworth in New South Wales and we are in lockdown this week, so there won't be any public masses that I will be saying on Sunday. So to my virtual congregation, I offer you these thoughts and reflections on the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Blessed Pope Pius IX in 1854 defined the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. And this doctrine teaches us that the Immaculate Virgin Mary was preserved free from all stain of original sin and from sin throughout her whole life by the grace of her own son's redeeming death, which was applied to her before that event. The doctrine of the Assumption that we celebrate today is like a bookend to that doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. And the doctrine of the Assumption teaches us that when the course of her earthly life was finished, Mary was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as Queen over all things so that she might be the more fully conformed to her Son, the Lord of Lords and the conqueror of sin and death. So just as God gave Mary a unique participation in her Son's death, so God gave Mary a singular participation in her son's resurrection. And therefore we can look to her as an example of the resurrection that God destines for us as well. When Pope Pius XII infallibly defined the dogma of the Assumption in 1950, and the same, of course, with Blessed Pius IX in 1854. He proclaimed what the tradition of the Church had held for centuries, what the fathers of the early Church had taught, and the honour that the Church had offered to Mary for many, many generations. These two holy popes did not invent something, but rather they defined what had been the sense of the Church for hundreds of years. Two attributes of Our Lady are contained within this doctrine of the Assumption, and they are presented to us in the Sacred Liturgy today for our encouragement, for our wonder, and so that we might express our gratitude to God. Firstly, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Queen Mother of all Christians. That is, she is the mother of our King, Jesus Christ. And so she is honoured in her heavenly royal status. For what God gave her to make her worthy of this status and for what she did herself to merit it. We see this image of the Queen Mother in the psalm, the responsorial psalm of today's liturgy. And in that psalm, we see 
reflected the surpassing moral goodness of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this moral goodness is depicted as ideal physical beauty. Mary is portrayed as a beautifully arrayed bride. In Catholic piety, she is called the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And so God looks at Mary with a love akin to how a king would look at his beautiful bride. And by extension, this is how Christ the bridegroom looks at his bride, the church, which is us. Christ wants to make us, his church and his bride, as beautiful as the bride in Psalm 44. The unutterable beauty of our Queen, Mary, is the model and pattern for the church, of which she herself is the mother. Secondly, and this time from the reading from the book of the Apocalypse, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Ark of the Covenant. Now we have to go back to the Old Testament to be reminded about this most sacred item in Israel's history. The Ark of the Covenant, which contained the two tablets of stone on which the words of the Ten Commandments were written, had pride of place in the temple in Jerusalem, built firstly by David and then completed by his son, King Solomon. But the Ark went missing. Around the year 586 BC, at the time that the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the invading Babylonians. And after that, of course, came the resulting exile of the Jewish people. Even when they returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple, the ark was missing, and it remained lost to the Jews. They were bereft of what signified for them the Divine Presence. And so in this section of the book of the Apocalypse, St John reports some startling news that the Ark of the Covenant has returned. But even more startling is his revelation that the sacred vessel is now a woman who is mother of the royal son of David, the Messiah. She is the most beautiful and pure woman of all ages, and inside her womb dwelt the Word of God in flesh. This is why we give to Mary the highest devotion and honour that any creature can receive. Throughout sacred history, God does nothing by accident. Everything happens according to his infinite wisdom and his divine plan. So in the Gospel reading, as we hear, hear, Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. We must know that she is retracing the steps that King David took when he brought the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh to Jerusalem. Upon Mary's arrival, St. Elizabeth is awestruck, just as David was before the ark. The encounter causes the baby, John the Baptist, to leap with excitement 
in his mother's womb as David leapt before the ark. And Mary stayed in the house of Zechariah for three months, just as the ark remained in the house of Obed-Edom for the same period. It is right and fitting today, and always, that we honour this great and holy lady, Mary, as we celebrate her triumphal entry into heaven today. In honouring her, we worship and praise God, who has done all these great things for her, so that all generations will call her blessed. Of course, we honour her through the sacred liturgy. But if that is all we do on this day, that's hardly enough. We must honour her daily through using prayers from the great treasury of Marian prayers that the Church has in her tradition. Greatest among those prayers is, of course, the Holy Rosary. If you're not saying it every day, you're missing out on astounding graces. There are 15 promises that Our Lady made to those who recite the Rosary. She gave these promises through St. Dominic. You could look them all up for yourself, but I'll just mention one today, which is number seven. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the Rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the Church. What a promise! What an astounding promise that is from the Mother of God. But did you also know that the Church from the treasury of God's mercy given to her by Christ grants a plenary indulgence when the Holy Rosary is recited publicly in a church or oratory or when it is recited in a family or a religious community or a pious association? Another great promise. So get your family together, all those who live under the same roof, and pray the rosary together. Go to confession and Holy Communion several days preceding or following. Have a desire to exclude all attachment to sin from your heart and pray for the Pope's holy intentions. You do that anyway at the beginning of the rosary you and your family will gain a plenary indulgence and remission for all your confessed sins will be given to you. Your soul will be as pure as it was on the day of your holy baptism and your family and your home will become a place of peace and Our Lady's protecting mantle will be spread over you all. The evil one will have no power against you. Just in case you might live alone or you can't get your family together on a particular day to say the rosary, even if you recite the rosary privately while not gaining a plenary indulgence, it does give you partial remission from your sins. 
Whenever we honour the Blessed Virgin Mary, she always gives us much more than we give her. This is because she always takes us to her Son, and he always listens to the petitions of his Queen Mother. Let me conclude by reminding you of the last words we hear from Mary in the New Testament. They are the words that can fittingly be called her enduring testament or her enduring command to us. Do you remember what she said at the wedding at Cana in Galilee? Our Queen and our Mother said, Do whatever he tells you.